Octa Non Verba is a show that's raw and real, featuring hard-hitting interviews with people that live by the ethos of actions, not words. Marcus Aurelius Anderson is a TEDx speaker, best-selling author, veteran, and leadership and mindset coach. With this show, you get to join Marcus as he goes inside the minds and experiences of the world's most successful warriors, leaders, entrepreneurs, and experts. With each episode, you're going to get the philosophies, concepts, tactics, and strategies these leaders use to turn adversity into victory. Live an extraordinary life based on actions, not words. Now, here's your host, Marcus Aurelius Anderson. In this episode of Octonom Verba, we hear part two of my interview with Heather Perillo, a multifaceted visionary and turnaround artist with a solid track record of leading individuals, teams, and companies to their stated goals. In part one, Heather shared how she defines the warrior spirit and how it shows up in business, leadership, and in life. Heather and I also explored her passion for making a difference, how she identified her calling, and how she's helping others do the same in her work. You can hear part one on episode 51 of Octa Nonverba. In part two, Heather returns to discuss why she chose to participate in SealFit's 55-hour Hell Week simulation, Kukuro, and why she decided to attend a second time, being the only woman allowed to do so. We discuss not knowing what you're capable of until you've actually faced adversity, how we measure ourselves by our own metrics, and how to take the strategies learned from adversity and put them into practice. And now, part two of my interview with Heather Perillo. And you have this powerful opportunity coming up in July. Can you tell us what it is? Can you tell us what it means in Japanese? Can you tell us why you're doing this? And let's unpack this because I am I'm excited. Yeah. All right. So it's Kokoro. Kokoro. And Kokoro in Japanese means mind and heart in action. And the Kokoro camp through SealFit is the 50 hours of basically Hell Week simulation for civilians. So it's 50 straight hours of what they say is the most mentally, physically, and emotionally challenging event in the world. And where do you guys sleep? We don't. (laughs) We do not. I love it because, you know, oh, what's the food? Don't worry about it. I have dietary restrictions. Who cares? (laughs) Where do you sleep? You don't. You don't. And so that's the event I registered for, not knowing anything about Unbeatable Mind or SealFit, but I just decided when the company I ran sold, I was going to just stop, stop everything and actually apply the, if anything's possible, let me, let me test it out on myself. And if I register for something, I commit Commitment, yeah. And so if it was the most challenging event in the world, I was like, gosh, who knows how far I have to dig, but I'm going to have to dig deeper emotionally and mentally to be able to perform like these seals. And so the first thing I did was reach out to the company and say, am I disqualified because of my age? And the woman who replied said, no, you can do it. I was like, here I go. And then I was like, what do I do? And all I heard was train for four and a half hours a day. And I was like, okay. And I just started training. And there's people who came into the picture that supported me and said, yes, I got so far. And then um, the date was arriving because the first one I registered for was March of 2020. 
21. That was the first available one because of COVID. I realized that, wow, there's too much I don't know. And that's when I found the Unbeatable Mind program. And that's when I reached out for coaching through SealFit. And that's when I was made aware of the tools and the integrated leadership program of Unbeatable Mind. But put that aside, although all of those tools, I use that program as designed emotionally, mentally, intuitively, and spiritually to do what I need to do physically every single day. And then add in that team. And then I was able to, at the age of 46, get on the grinder in March of 2021. And I was ready. I did it. So I went from not being able to do a single push-up to 500 an hour, from never running to being able to run, tell me to run a marathon, hoo-yah. I mean, you name it, I can do it. PT with logs, the full thing. I made it 26 hours. It was the coldest Kokoro on record. And it's held in California, Mount Palomar at Lake Vale in Temecula. Man, once you make it through the night, you're golden. There was only 10 of us left. I was like, I did it. I mean, that team was amazing. And then something happened because you're wet. You're in ice baths or you're wet and cold and miserable the entire time. And my body locked up and I thought full year of training, it can't go on. Words that I thought would never come out of my mouth came out of my mouth. And that was, I can't, I can't even walk anymore. My face locked up, hip flexors locked up. Because during this time, like you never stop moving. I mean, it is absolutely grueling as you can imagine because of what it's based on. At the 26th hour of the 50 hours, I had a drop on request. So a DOR, but immediately I knew, sign me up for the next one. I just, I just knew people were so surprised that immediately I was planning for the next one. Like I just got that there had to be a reason why that didn't go as I had planned for 12 months of training and visualization. And I thought, this is my opportunity to actually show people what resiliency looks like. Okay. Okay. I got the, okay. What do I need to do now? And then it was just like, oh my gosh, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to be a better teammate. I'm going to do all this. And oh my gosh, what does it look like to train and overtrain for 12 months and yet have to mentally get back in the game when you thought and every cell in your body thought you were done? (laughs) It's like, yeah. So going through being human to get right back in it to train again for now, July 16th. Booyah, I'm going again. So I will be the only woman to ever go twice. Um, And this has been going on for 13 years now. My goodness, that's incredible. I think that most people probably have an idea of what Hell Week is like for SEALs. I've had multiple SEALs on my show, but can you give us a look inside of Mm -hmm. what the PT looks like? Because for a person, for example, who's never done a ruck march before, It is a whole different animal, a whole different set of muscles and cardiovascular capacity. In the military, we had guys that could run and they could swim and they could do sit-ups and do pull-ups, but you put a ruck on them with half their body weight and they... They just couldn't go. It was a whole other, yeah, whole other experience. It's so funny because this language, well, what do you mean? I was just rucking through the mountains of Georgia last week. What does it look like? PT and grinder consist of nonstop push-ups. You've got sit-ups, you've got squats. You're being sprayed in the face with a hose, going through ice baths. And it's usually about three hours in duration of just nonstop 
a megaphone screaming at you, just typical boot camp. Bring it on. The whole point is to break you physically and then have you get, you can keep going on, right? So there's relay races through the gravel. Trust that you are ripped up. It took weeks for my hands to heal, for my arms to heal. There is a physical standard test. So you have to be able to do certain number of push-ups, pull-ups, sit-ups, and squats and run in two-minute intervals. There's the MRF you have to do. MRF, not just the slick mix, MRF, but with weight on your back. So you've got 20 pounds in a backpack on your back and you're soaking wet and you've probably already been working out for 12 to 20 hours. You don't get to do that when you're fresh. Like, so nothing's fresh. You're doing simulated drills. So you always have your weapon. You always have a stretcher. So you want to talk about farmer carries, not for five minutes, but try 12 hours because throughout the night you're rocking. So you've got on your back at that point, 35 to 45 pounds. You always have 10 pounds in one hand. You usually have 70 pounds in the other hand. You're going uphill at an incline of 10% grade. It never, ever, ever stops. There's swimming involved. So swimming in full fatigues, Log PT. Who can forget about log PT? So pick up the splinter, oh, guys. These shoulders. We've always like, wow, look at your shoulders. I said, oh, it's just, you know, for performance. It's just to lift logs. What are you doing? So to be able to do logs. <laughs> what, what are you doing for your shoulders? Log lifts. They're like, oh, never mind. People are like, what are you doing? As I'm whipping these kettlebells around and overhead. Yeah. So log PT is again, something else. Uh, if you were to do it fresh, but do it after 20 hours, do it after 40 hours, do it after 50 hours, because even though they say 50 hours, it usually lasts about 55 hours while being sprayed in the face with a hose, you know, while being soaking wet in my case in March, freezing cold, in July, it'll be somewhere between 100 and 108 degrees there. So it'll be the opposite. Marcus, if I never have to freeze again, I'm okay. <laughs> I am okay with the heat. It's the one thing, ice cold for that duration of time is something yeah. you cannot train for. And as an athlete, you also have to be lean. And then if you're lean, hypothermia is going to kick in. So you might notice I'm smiling. Like I cannot wait to get back out there. I cannot wait. And everybody, she genuinely is smiling. And I've had people say the same thing to me. You tell them something you're going to do or you've done or you're wanting to do. And they'll say, that's crazy. But that's the metric by which we have to measure ourselves to know that we're pushing, to know I want to do this event next year. I did David Goggins 4 by 4 by 48 challenge in March. So four miles every four hours for 48 hours straight. And it was the same thing where I had trained leading up to it clearly. But even then, you understand how much you are under-indexing yourself once you secure that, once you've completed, once it's done. And then for me, I actually used that as an opportunity to raise money to stop human trafficking and child sex slavery. So again, that's a compelling why. Mm -hmm. If it's just me trying to do it for me, it's one thing. But understanding you are doing it as a way, you, Heather, as a way to be a better leader, Mm -hmm. a better coach. I've always told people, it's like, how the hell can I ask you to demand more of yourself if I'm not doing it? If I'm not a person who's out there 
octanon verba putting it into play, then how can I possibly ask somebody to do that? And even if they're spending a lot of money to coach with us, that puts skin in the game, but there's a big difference. It's easy for a fat person to sit on a couch and say, do push-ups, but if they're there doing it with you or they've done more, now you're inspiring them, not just motivating them. You're giving them that that capacity. Yeah. And I think that's why I love working with the seal fit team and a beautiful mind because they're doing it with you. Maybe not at the event, but when you're at summits, I mean, everyone is doing it together. There's no off days. There isn't again. Yeah. It is not about me. I always just say there's a little girl in me and there's a little boy in you. And this journey is for her. It's for her. I'm honoring her. It's just amazing what the human spirit is capable of. That child is within every human being, right? And at some point he or she was told like, oh, you can't do that. Nope. They can do whatever their heart desires. So this journey, if it isn't a demonstration in the physical realm for others just to see what's in them, then I don't know what is. Because I have shared every bit of the journey every single day with others. And just for them to just tap in, just peek, peek inside and just test. And it's not like I started off like this. You know, it's been a 180 degrees since I started in March of 2020. But I never stopped once I started. And they always say crawl, walk, run. One step after another, after another, and after another, you look back and you're like, wow, look at that. You just have to be willing to, to commit. There's that word again. <laughs> Where do you commit? It? If you want to know what you're committed to, look at your life. Period. Yeah. Just take a look. That's exactly it. It's impossible to know what we're capable of until we are put in front of adversity. And I talk to people about using micro adversities to get them a little bit closer, but we need these sort of challenges. As human beings, we were designed to be adaptable. We were designed to be pushed. And the thing is, you know, hundreds of years ago, maybe that meant war, maybe that meant famine, maybe that meant these different things. But in today's society where everything is literally available at the push of a button, if you want to know anything, it can be at your fingertips. If you want food, if you want a date, whatever it is, you can get all that stuff just by being on social media at the same time there is that part of us that has to have this stimulation because if we don't go out and seek adversity, it will manifest in some other capacity and that will be a distraction or drug addiction or some sort of behavior that will not help us. And if we can get in front of it and lean into it now, that allows us to channel that towards something that will help other people, that will make us stronger. I just love that you said that. And that's what the physical challenges do for us is that every single day we intentionally create adversity. We intentionally bring on the challenge. We intentionally embrace the suck, whatever you want to call it, right? right? Because then it's not discomfort. It's just what we do. Early on when I started this, I had a conversation with my children. So I have a, a 19-year-old and a 17-year-old. I said, do you know why I'm doing this? And I said, I will have the capacity to endure anything that might be thrown at me. I will always be able to protect you. Like, and that was it, you know, and there's nothing that will phase me. Nothing. When you do these, you're like, wow, oh, oh, I can do that. And it's so far exceeded what I thought was possible. Now I'm like, 
oh, be careful. <laughs> like, like this, this is really the dream really is even bigger than I imagined. Okay, wow, let's go. Once we're able to tap into that, we don't want to let go of it, or at least we shouldn't. I've heard about people that talk about enlightenment. I don't know if this is exactly their idea of enlightenment, but I feel that that's what it is. That physical push forces you to get to that additional dimension, forces you to go way above what you would normally do. And that's how we're designed as, as human beings. When you were at that point, not when you your body physically locked up and you were not able to continue, but I'm guessing there were multiple points where your body is saying, I'm done. I want to quit. What were you saying to yourself? Was there a mantra? Was there a theme? Was there an ethos? What were you saying to yourself to keep going? Yeah, there was so much. So pain is temporary. Pain is temporary. Anyone who's ever rucked knows the moment you take that off your shoulders, it's gone, right? That was so symbolic for me. Like I can endure anything. It's just a sensation. That's all it is. My body's saying, hey, what's up? (laughs) It doesn't feel so good. I'm okay, right? So there's that. I can always do one more. I can always do one more. So you just start counting. One, who y'all one? You just keep going. My mantra was pretty simple for anything that was like long rocks. It was just long, lean, strong, I'm free. If I'm doing the work, (laughs) I know lean's in there too, I'm a girl, but it was like (laughs) strong, I am free. Like because of this, I am free. I know that all I had to do was smile because I get to do this. I mean, there's not a day that I don't wake up and say, oh my gosh, at this age, I get to do this. Like how lucky am I and who am I to ever complain that there is discomfort in my legs? At least I have legs. Who y'all legs? You know, you know, things like that. So nonstop appreciation and gratitude for this life, for the fact that I have the capacity to do what I do. You smile. And that, like knowing just the chemical reaction to smile, it shifts everything. I know how to breathe, right? Access my parasympathetic, so breathing into my diaphragm, just that controlling method. And then people, all you have to do is close your eyes. Think of all the people who want so badly for you to finish, people who have supported you, the people on the team. There is always someone who's hurting more than you, no matter what you're doing. There's always someone who has it worse. If I can breathe, I can smile and I can find a place to be grateful and I'm good. So until my body like stops, I don't have the permission to stop. When I design my plan every day or for whatever I'm, I'm doing in life. I know the person who writes that plan, this warrior is only committed to serving my purpose. And then when I go out on the battlefield every day, whatever starts going on in here doesn't have a say. I don't have a say. I'm only there to complete the mission at hand in service for something so much bigger than me. And that's you. There's a lot. And that, just having the capacity to access all of that takes training. It's practice. It doesn't just happen because we have our whole life of experiences. And most people, when they become awakened or for the first time, you know, have that metacognition where they start realizing, you know, thinking about their thoughts, actually, they've got a whole lot. And you use the word unravel and unpack. It doesn't happen overnight because you have to rewire everything. But with practice guess what? You can. It's never too late. It's never too late. 
there's so much that we're capable of and so many of us never get to our second win because we never push beyond the first. Mm -hmm. So we have to demand more of ourselves. And I've noticed as I demand more of myself, the people close to me elevate. It's like this, the tide that rises all ships. Mm -hmm. And again, as I elevate all my clients' businesses or their performances or their whatever it is, it all, there's a direct correlation. So again, it's not about us necessarily. It's about what we can do for other people with it. And for what you're doing, when you secure this mm -hmm. in 50 days, mm -hmm. what will that mean to you? What will that do for you? What would that feeling be? So what I know now is Kokoro is not an event. It's just my life now. And so that is just one step on the journey of my heart and spirit in action. And so I get goosebumps thinking about it because I think it'll mean so much more for so many other people. Yeah, for me, it's already done. It's secured. And for them, it's just going to give them that belief that's possible for them too. Yeah, yeah. And that, that was a big learning from the first one. Like I had said that, but I really got it. It was not an event. It wasn't a day. It was the whole journey leading up to it. It was not completing. It's the journey after. It's the second event. And then who knows what's next, except another challenge, <laughs> you know, like, right? Like, that's the one thing I was like, oh, gosh, once you do these extreme events, like, you can't stop. So I can't wait to see what's next. Well, I know that you're going to be successful in, in this endeavor. There's so many people that they don't realize that this adversity, whether it be going through the grinder or whether it be this difficulty in their job or their marriage or whatever it is, there will come a time in your life when you will not be able to do that when you will not have the luxury of this very thing that you are bitching and moaning about so hard right now. And if they can understand that, and if they can understand, again, the destination is important, but the journey is, is much more important because the person you become on route to get to there. And I think that that's what you're doing is you're able to, again, sort of embrace the suck to see that adversity is a gift while we're in it. And if we can make that decision now before we're in there, it gives us much more power, not only to project through it, but to understand that I don't need to make this bigger than what it is. This is just a push-up. This is just a pull-up. This is just cold water. And if we can do that, if we take the emotive language away from it, and now we're not disempowered, now we're stronger every single time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's language and perspective, obviously, is so, so important. So I got that I am not in pain. The body's in pain, but I'm just energy. I'm just the spirit that drives it. So I can detach the two. Very few people can do that, right? But when you get that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, the body is experiencing something. It's just letting me know. And then whatever it is, like you said, it's just, I've got this. We've got this. Yeah. Easy day. Easy day. Could be worse. Could be worse. Yep. This, we got it. You know, the lingo and the mantras, but it gets you through. And again, not just gets you through, but gets you through with a smile. Like we can all get shit done. We can all be highly productive, but what's the cost, right? And that's really where this phase of my life is. It's like, okay, what does it look like to not just work really hard and get results, but enjoy the process? We were meant to enjoy this life, not when, not someday, not when the kids are off in college, not when I retire, but what does it look like to do the work and love life and others. 
there's so much there, but those are just the journey, right? We all have to go through this development and it is developmental stages of life. But man, when you get that, it does become a joy. It's addictive. You never want to retire if you love what you're doing. So I absolutely agree. And all of this adversity that you went through, having to be pulled, how did it feel? I, it must've just been like heart-wrenching to be in that place where you devoted your life to this thing, to feel almost like your body kind of betrayed you. It's not that you didn't take the time. You did everything that you were supposed to do. Yeah. Or did I? You know, it's like, so there's questions like, yeah. I'm going to say, Everything happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen. So others secured. There were six men that secured. They did something I didn't do. They maybe had a thought I didn't have, right? And so I absolutely acknowledge the fact that my heart broke. Like, number one, because I thought I let so many people down. But then, you know, you get to be human and have those thoughts. And then there's, what are you going to do about it? What are you going to do about it? So this mama only knows, get back into action, figure it out. If you register for the next one, what does that look like? And everyone's like, you can't, you've got to recover. No, I can do it. I know I can do it. There's no way I'm not doing it. I believe I can do it. Let's go, right? And man, if life always went the way we thought it was supposed to go, (laughs) wouldn't that be great, right? I mean, how many people just invest their life savings into these business plans, right? And they don't go the way they think they're going to go. There's plenty who give up. And there's those others that never stop. They'll do whatever it takes. They'll live in a basement. They'll live in a car because they are so driven and believe in themselves and whatever it is they're trying to provide the world as a value, they don't quit. So you can fail at something, but you're not a failure just didn't go the way you thought it was going to go. Okay, great. Now what? There's what we hope will happen. There's what we fear will happen. And then there's what happens. But the only way that you can stop a person is if they give up or if, if they die. You took that as shining a weakness in my armor. I'm going to take this lesson. It's shined a light on this. No problem. Take a deep breath. What's next? How do I move forward? And even having that capacity to, to see that so many people don't want to do things or don't want to try things because they feel that they have to succeed right now. First time has to be perfect, has to look great, has to have social media document all of it, have to have everybody support them, have to have everybody agree with what they're doing. And they don't realize that one, once you start not caring what people think, it's not that you don't care what they think. It's just that they don't understand that most people aren't really paying attention anyway. They're just not. They're in their own head. They're doing their own movie. They're creating their own little journey. Once you understand that, then you realize that this is your only life. It's yours. It's not somebody else's. If you love what you're doing, and if you feel stronger by doing what you're doing, clearly it's not hurting anybody. It's helping everybody. Why would you not? Why would you not demand more from yourself, right? Think of this. If I had secured the first Kokoro, everyone would have said, see, she's not normal. (laughs) I would have made it look too easy. I will turn every situation into a positive, empowering context. Okay, so what? I get to embrace the suck for more months. Okay, and I really, really think this journey is more impactful in the lives of others because they get to witness, okay, wow. Oh, wow, if Heather can't do it, well then, oh, (laughs) she is human. She's not supernatural. And she did it anyways. And she was scared. And she did it anyways. 
and it hurt and she did it anyways. And that's, I think the biggest misconception of people is that for those of us who do the work, who take those leaps of faith and free fall, that there isn't fear involved. Of course there is, but we do it anyway. And we do it, it and we do it and we do it day in and day out. And there's days we dip down and we don't want to do it, right? We fall off track. And then thank God we have something called purpose that pulls us out of it. And usually that's a team. That's yeah. Yeah. That's so much of it. Heather, I could talk to you for hours, but I want to be respectful of your time. If anybody's listening to this and they have a bullshit excuse for why they've been justifying not putting anything into action. They better check their pulse after listening to you and seeing what you're doing and seeing how you're living it every day. Stephen Pressfield says we have two lives, the life that we live and then the unlived life within us. And you are truly living that life every single day that's within you, that's been in you. You're a testament to the fact that adversity doesn't guard anything that's not worthy of having, but you have to pay the price and you have to be willing to do it. And not in some sick to many kind of way where you were going out trying to just, you know, hurt ourselves, but more about the idea that what's on the other side of this pain is absolutely worth it. But more importantly, the person that you become on the other side of that is going to be a person that can empower others, strengthen them and embolden them to ask themselves, where have I been holding back? Where have I been getting in my own way? Where am I overthinking this? Like you said, we all feel the fear, but without legitimate fear, we can't have genuine courage. It's easy to bullshit Saying that we're you know afraid and we overcome it, but until you're there, until you're facing it, it doesn't mean anything. So thank you so much for that. Where can we learn more about you? Where can we learn more about Unbeatable Minds, about SealFit, about this event, about everything? Yeah, unbeatablemind.com for all of the Unbeatable Mind programs. And then sealfit.com is where all of the crucible events are located. So there isn't just the 50 hour, there's a 24 hour, a 12 hour, and a six hour because each person has their own crucible. And then me, I'm on the Unbeatable Mind website. They can find me there. Thank you so much. Your message is inspiring. Your life is inspiring. And if everyone really gets that, what you said, when you do the work, the inner work, when you work on self-mastery and allow that true self to come out, then you have the greatest capacity to serve in this world. Don't keep it inside. Let it shine. (laughs) It's there for a reason. Thank you so much. No, thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Okta Nonverba. If this message resonates with you, please share it out with others on social media. Hit that subscribe button and leave a review for the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. To learn more, please go to MarcusAureliusAnderson.com and join his Okta Nonverba inner circle to get exclusive content, news, and information. Until next time, remember, talk is cheap. Live your life based on actions, not words.